The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and I'm really excited about my guest today because it's Georgie Brunton from Miss Florence Diner in Florence. Hi Georgie, how are you? I'm good. How are you today, Tara? I'm good, thanks. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, As a lot of listeners know, I was born in the area, grew up in Florence and still live in Florence. So um, Miss Flo's is a a big... uh, passionate heartthrob business of mine and I know of so many in the area um and so how long have you owned Miss Flo's now it will be five years on April 30th it's amazing it is we made it through the pandemic we somehow, did all of that somehow some way. but by the grace of God I think they say yeah. we did and we're doing okay now we're we're hitting our numbers and hitting our stride that's amazing yeah so, so Miss Flows, did you grow up in the area? Did you know about Miss Flows? Like, you know, tell me about your long and winding road to Miss Flows. Funny story, I had never been to Miss Florence Diner before I bought her. Um, I grew up in Southwick, Mass, and kind of life went on its journey, and I was living in Vermont, and it had come across my Facebook, and I was working in the waste management business, and I thought, hmm, weird, you know. Let me go check it out. So a year and a half later, I ended up buying the diner. And here I am. I moved back into the area. I lived, I moved into Florence. And then subsequently, I live in Springfield now in Forest Park. But she's a good girl. And I got right back into it. I'd always worked in the restaurant industry. So this was just kind of like a everything came together. And that's how the diner came to be for me. And so Facebook is good for at least you. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is. It brought you to Miss Flo's. You know, it was the oddest thing. I had never even thought about buying a diner. And I never wanted to own my own restaurant. It wasn't my thing. And all of a sudden, here I am. It's amazing. So that's, how, that's how I got her. And and I love that. I love that you were just, you know, went for it. You just saw it and you thought, hey, why not, right? I was tired of corporate worlds. You have to, you know, after 15 years of doing that grind, you think about something else that you could do with your time and it was just it just happened it just all kind of fell together for me so that's where it came and so waste management was it was it actually driving was it working in the office was it a big (laughs) regional player it was I actually worked for a broker where you buy and sell trash and commodities and I was a business analyst looking over numbers so finding the best deal that you could for selling plastics cardboards and things like that you get tired of doing the same thing day after day. And I yeah. traveled quite a bit for work, so it was nice to be home. You know, not actually that I'm home all the time, but, you know, not traveling out of state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really interesting. I guess I've never thought about brokering trash and it's a big business. where it goes yeah. and how it goes. And, huh. yeah. and, so, and so you said you'd worked in restaurants for a long time. I started when I was 13 working at a restaurant in Southwick, Mass called Louis B's. I don't think it's still the same now. And I'd worked there until, geez, I think I was 29. And whether it was full-time or part-time, you know, as my life and jobs changed in college and things like that, it was just something I've always done. Took a few years off, went back. A friend of mine opened a restaurant and went back. And I've never actually looked back from working in a restaurant. It's quick, it's fun, it's kind of very social, and it's good money. Yeah. So so was it a dream, like, in the back of your head, like, to own ever? I mean, that's that's a good amount of time in one industry, and obviously you loved it, and you, you like the pace, the people, um, the energy of it. Never. 
Never yeah. had I thought about owning my own place. No, not at all. Maybe subconsciously that's how it came to be, but I had never thought or made a plan for it. It just kind of Facebooked. Yeah. Happened. It's crazy. <laughs> and so you were living in Vermont and you moved back home, back mm-hmm. to the area. I did. And so how has it been back in the area? It's interesting. You know, a lot of things. I've been able to reconnect with old friends from high school and college, which was great. You know, you forget about, not that you forget, but you don't connect with them as much as you do when you're close by. You go get a cup of coffee or go get some lunch. So it's been nice doing that, and I've forgotten some of the the neat things in the area. You know, there's great museums. There's just fun things to do. I love the restaurant scene. It's just very unique. Western Mass is just very unique to anywhere else I've lived. Yeah, I, I agree, although I am a big fan of Vermont. I really like going north. It's a different way of life. North. It's slower. Yeah. It's quieter. It's Yeah, I like taking the kids up there sometimes yeah. in the summer and just having it be that exactly what you said you right. know that slower pace and the more relaxed it's nice when you need to take atmosphere. a break from this mm-hmm. and you go mm-hmm. that's great but sometimes when you live there it gets to be it's a little much mm-hmm. i'm joan holiday and i have to say tara i think if you moved to vermont your life would be exactly the way it is here <laughs> I agree. I would have to cover a lot more ground though i think to to cast as as big of a net you people would. are a little bit more you know, uh, distanced up there. Yeah, yeah, they are. Although the people finally outnumber the cows, right? (laughs) I don't know. I know for a while that was like Vermont's claim to fame was that the cows outnumber the people in Vermont, but I think that they, the people have finally taken over. It's a great second home area. Yeah. I was in the Okemo Valley, so, you know, it was a lot of that second home or winter or summer business. So that made it fun because it was always switching. Like your group of people would come from New York or they would come from the Cape. You know, so that was nice. You always got to meet new people. But it's definitely slower pace. I mean, very slow. Yeah. Not not yet. Maybe <laughs> next decade. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Long weekends are good. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So, so you purchased the diner. What was that like? Was that an easy thing? Was it hard? I mean, I don't even, I grew up in Florence and I don't even know who owned the diner before you. I am the fourth owner. So the Alexanders owned the diner for the longest period. They created the diner um, and subsequently the Alexander restaurant, which is now JJ's. So they were always connected. It was one business for, I believe, I want to say it was tw- it's been 12 years that it's been separated, maybe even 15. When did the diner first open? 1941. 1941. We just had our 80th birthday party, so that was that was a fun time. So when I bought it, you know, it was a hard transition. Being the fourth owner, things have been up and down with the diner, so we spent a lot of time cleaning up and kind of revamping and redoing and here she is you know and i love that you talk about her in in gendered form she, or in human form so she funny in- because she she when i first bought the diner i would fix something and she would break something and it, i would spend say a hundred dollars and she would break five thousand dollars so we oh. went through this thing in the beginning the first six months where i just threw my hands up at at during points because I, I just couldn't fix anymore. Finally, we're to a spot now where we get along very well. <laughs> but she is, she's like an old lady, you know? I mean, when you think about it, she's 81, she'll be 82 this year. And I just think of her as an old gal. I've always called her that, my old gal. I don't know why. <laughs> Was it something that the previous owner did? No, no, not at all, not at all. I don't know, it's one of those weird things. And so, 
Do you have the same staff that was there prior to you owning it? I do not. So most of the girls, some of them retired. Um, Steve, who had been a cook for 31 years, just left last year. And he left due to just some family issues. But he would have stayed if he could. You know, he was he's a staple. He used to cook out front on the grill with brownies. So, yeah. you know, it was one of those things. It was sad to see him go. Yeah. Yeah, but it also, you know, I I feel like it's good when employees turn and it brings a new, new a new life, yeah. kind of a new vibrancy. And right now we have a great staff; they all get along. They all have their favorite customers. I know we're not supposed to say that, but you know we do. And um, it's just a great balance. Everyone gets along. It's nice. Yeah, nice. Knock on wood. Yeah, it stays. Yeah. And so how many employees do you have at the diner? Right now I have 18. We'll ramp up to 25 or 27 come summer. Eight? What? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. That's a ton of people. I know. We do a ton of business. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I would not have thought that 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 number would be that high. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, now think about it. Once we open the pavilion in the back, that doubles almost quad... Definitely doubles our business that we do. So so... Do you share those tables with JJ's? We do. do you? So we do breakfast and lunch. John does lunch and dinner. So on the weekends, basically the diner takes it over. During the week, um, it, we just share. Like if you show up, you sit down, you're like, oh, JJ's, Miss Flo's. You know, you can both, one table can have us both wait on them. So it's kind of a neat way to do things. Yeah, yeah. it is really neat. You can have a mimosa with breakfast. Weird. Yeah. You know. <laughs> It's so it's, weird. it's a good thing. Well, it's weird in Florence for that. It is weird in Florence, yeah. And I, I feel like the the numbers of places to do that in Northampton have dwindled maybe with like Sylvester's closing. And right. Yeah. But anyways, it's time to take our first break so we can ponder some mimosas, mimosas and things yeah. where, where to get drinks. Um, I'll have to remember that when I'm making my weekend plans with you the should. family to um, walk down. So what's the best diner food to go with a mimosa? According to Tara, the banana bread French toast yeah. with strawberries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That works. Yeah. That, that would be sweet, sweet. But yeah, yeah, that is my favorite diner food for sure. I'm an Eggs Benedict girl nice. all the way. Yeah. Nice. Eggs Benedict and a Bloody Mary would be really good. That's a good combo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, all right. So we, you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. And my guest today is Georgie Brunton from Miss Florence Diner in Florence. And we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Georgie Brunton from Miss Flo's Diner. And if you were listening to the first segment, you'll know that Georgie calls her she, um, as in a person, and I just love it. I love thinking about Miss Flo's as an 80-year-old gal. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really symbolic about how a lot of business owners and people who spend a lot of time in their businesses think about their business. You know, it really is a person, an extension of themselves. And mm-hmm. so you purchased the diner pre-pandemic. Correct. I got her in April of 2018. So okay. we had a year, right? Two-ish. A year and a year half, and a half, right? Yeah. March. Yep. We shut down. 2020. 
in 2020, yep. right? So March of 2020. And the pandemic was hard. Of course, being a new business owner, I didn't really have a firm 100% grasp on how it running the business was going, right? You kind of just get thrown into it and you learn by doing it, which is what was happening. And then all of a sudden you go, there's no business. What, what, what do I do? So you pivot, start doing takeout, which was a great thing. Um, we just kind of did it. I don't, you know, I, if someone asked me what I did on a daily basis, I couldn't tell you. It was kind of like that, just hang on tight and whatever they were telling you to do, you did. I applied for a lot of grants, definitely a lot of grants. And I was thankful for David Portnoy from um, Barstool Sports. He paid the rent for the diner for nine months. Shout out to him. That was a huge thing. That was a, was a great one. And where was Barstool Sports in Boston? He's got offices in Boston, New York. He's kind of all over the place, but he's from West. Uh, he's from outside of Boston. So he had created this fund where he had gotten money from friends. They raised millions of dollars and they found small independent businesses and helped them stay afloat, whether it was paying taxes, rent, electric bills. You sent him a little clip. Thanks, Megan McCormick. You send him a little clip and then he reads it and then calls you and interviews you and then pays your bills for six, nine months, which without him, it would have been a lot harder than it was. Have you ever met him in real life? I haven't. I haven't. I haven't, but I've sent definitely sent him a thank you note, a thank you video. So it was it was great. That's amazing. Yeah, and a lot of great grants throughout. You know, I got one through Heinz Ketchup. We we use a lot of Heinz Ketchup jellies and jams. They were they were good to us. DoorDash was good to us for one of our grants, and then of course the state provided some grants that you could apply for. Yeah. So yeah, that if it wasn't for all the grant funding, I think even more businesses right. wouldn't be around. Yeah, some of um, my friends lost their businesses, and yeah. it was it was tough to watch. But you, it was tough to watch just in general, just any business, not just the restaurant industry. But we did learn how to do takeout really well, <laughs> you know, and the DoorDashes helped and things like that. And so, do you feel like people are still taking out more than? They were pre-pandemic or what is what is the flow that you're seeing now? I feel we do. It's probably 60, 40 takeout versus in-house. The diner's small. So in my clientele is older during the week. So a lot of them are still a little bit nervous about coming out based on their health issues. So they'll do takeout, you know, or they'll come in at quiet times. But weekends, it's a lot more takeout and in-house. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. Like we do a lot more business now than we did pre-pandemic. Just with the takeout. Yeah. And so are you open seven days a week? We are open seven days a week again, uh, Monday through Friday, 7 to 3, Saturday, 7.30 to 3, and Sundays, 8 to 2. It's a short day. Yeah, that's good, though. I feel like sometimes, even still, despite it being a few years past the the, the full-on pandemic, I'll go and try to go in somewhere and it's like a random day or an afternoon or something. And still the places are, you know, the businesses are keeping that semi COVID open closed or not. People are tired. A lot of business owners I feel like are still burned out. You know, that was, it was so much stress that you dealt with and you couldn't really vent to anyone other than a restaurant owner. I felt like, because people that were still working at home, their paychecks weren't affected or their bank accounts weren't affected. Restaurant owners just, I feel like we just kind of banded together. You know, John, I know for a fact, John and I, John from JJ's and I, we just, 
would read things. We'd go back and forth and, hey, apply for this grant. You apply for that grant. And it, you just had to stick together. And it, it, it definitely kept us a little bit more sane. Mm-hmm. But I think the fallout from that is that post-COVID burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I see that even, you know, in sectors that aren't restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, people are just really tired. And the way that we worked in COVID and the way that we're working now, it's like, how we, you know, all the traits that we learned in COVID of like the virtual working and the working online and the, you know, how we stacked all of our meetings Mm -hmm. and the longer days that we had. And then a lot of us have kind of added that mentality onto the working in person, back in person now. And so you have these even longer days and schedules where people aren't catching up. And Um, I agree, I agree. And I feel like you're doing more work in a smaller amount of time. So right. is that good or bad? You know, I mean, we're accomplishing more, but the toll on your body and your mental health is a little bit different. Yeah. 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 I'm still wanting a uh, a global week off for everyone. I where think we that all would just be like amazing. Miss How each about other a month? And, or a month, month would be good, you know, yeah. Or, or that. I'm trying not to aim to to uh, I'll settle large for scale. one day without yeah. someone calling me from work. Just yeah. one day, that's it. Yeah, but. I mean, it just resets your entire mm-hmm. um, nervous system to be able to power down, yeah. which I don't think anyone really is not able with technology to do anymore. Today. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you'd Agreed. have to like take my phone away from me and... Now, would that really happen? Well, (laughs) someone would have to do it. Like, I'm I'm not going to force myself to do that. But I think I think I could do it. But someone like I'd have to be away from my devices Mm -hmm. and not able to have access to them in order to really shut it off. I agree. I agree. It's hard. It is. Yeah. But you learn. I mean, you learn how to to kind of deal with that now. Right. You can balance more. I feel like I mean, I think I can. Not sure if it's. All really great. Real balancing. <laughs> but, you know, you throw it all up in the air and you're like, oh, you know, I can catch it all. And you try to do it. You know, I mean, I, I'd volunteer as you do, you know, within the community. And um, those meetings coupled with working, something always falls off the plate, right? And you, the next day you're like, oh, darn, you know, I forgot to finish that letter or whatever I needed to do. So you're up at 5 a.m. typing yeah. the letter to pretend like you did it yeah. the day before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so talk a little bit about your um, community efforts, because I think that you, you know, you really jumped into this community, you know, coming from Southwick, living in Vermont, becoming a business owner, you just took it on, you know, you stepped up and and I I know you're very involved with the Florence Civic and Business Association. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk about them a little bit, but sure. So the Florence Civic and Business Association, we call them the FCBA. I'm the president. My term ends in May this year, and we facilitate activities within the community to help build that community spirit. So we have music on the porch, which happens from Memorial Day through Labor Day, and that's every Thursday, which is great. We have a great lineup coming up this year. We do a chicken barbecue. We do all of the parades. So, well, two. We do the Rag shag on oh, the Christmas parade. Yeah, the holiday the holiday parade. parade sorry. Yeah. Holiday parade. So we yeah. do those two chicken barbecue, a whole bunch of activities just that kind of bring people together and get them to come out and get involved. Yeah. So I got involved as soon as I I bought the diner. I had really no choice. Kurt from Murdoff's came over and said, hey, I've got this group that needs some help with. <laughs> and that's how we recruit people in town now. You're new. You don't know. You just sign up and you get involved. But it is a good way to give back to the community that supports me. 
Yeah. You know, they they have been really good to me. Most of them have welcomed me with open arms and they keep my business afloat. So I like to give back and help them. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Florence is small but mighty mm-hmm. and growing. Um, so I think there's a lot of businesses that are right there that, you yeah. know, should be involved, are involved um, and make a difference by being involved in that. I'm a good facilitator of going to knock on the door and saying, hey, you know, we need some help with this parade and people just they get involved. It's a good feeling when you see all the little kids marching down the street in their costumes. It's so cute. Oh, yeah. And they get candy or they get an apple, whatever the treat is of of the year. And it it gives that feeling of you've done something. And I know the businesses on Main Street feel the same. Oh, yeah. And I know the residents appreciate it so much, too. And it's some it's great for kids. You know, you're they're not knocking door to door as much. You know, I know that most of them still go out after. But it gives them something to do that's wholesome. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, just just speaking from someone who's grown up in town and who now lives right in town with two kids, it's just so nice to be able to walk to something that's right, right in right in the village right. um, where you don't right. have to get in the car and go. And it's um, the same with the music on Thursday nights. There's so many kids that come out and they just dance in the field. It's great. Yeah. It's just great to watch. You know, mom and dad are you know talking with neighbors that you probably haven't seen in a while and the kids get together and have fun. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, me too. Um, And for anyone curious, it's the Florence Civic and Business Association and the events, the music on the porch events happen at the um, Civic Center, which is right on the rotary by the VFW past birds. Um, So you should check that out. We need to take a break. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here with Georgie Brunton from Miss Flo's Diner in Florence, and we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Georgie Brunton from Miss Flo's Diner in Florence. And we've been hearing all about her um, fun volunteering in Florence and how she's connected to the community. The Florence Civic and Business Association is a really wonderful organization that if you haven't looked them up, you should just type those words into Google and it will pull up the website. Um, Lots of Florence businesses participate and it's a really great add on for living in the village or being near the village or being a part of the Northampton community because of the events that they do similar to um, the uh, uh, what is it the parades um, we're really well known for our parades um, lots of activity around music on the porch mm-hmm. um, let's see Florence night out but that's not is it you going to take we, it over? Oh, I don't what know. There? There's been talk of it. I'm not quite sure if we're... I, I'll i reserve a comment on that one. I, okay. I just... Okay. Well, I know Donna Bell's trying to pass the torch. I don't think anyone's going to let her pass the torch just oh. yet. I think they might try to wrangle her in for another year. <laughs> okay. Well, Florence Night Out is, is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a shout out to Donna Bell Cassis, who... Um, yeah also has she a show definitely does a great job yeah definitely does yes. a great job with that. yeah so i know that the the torch passing is desired so hopefully one, no one i bet you we got it. one more yeah. year in there yeah. yeah all right 
And then we do the chicken barbecue, which is another fall fun activity. We have the antique show sale and Teak show that happens in the fall again. That's at the VFW, right? The VFW and the Civic Center. Okay. We share that one. And that kind of music on the porch, I think that covers it for the yeah. activities that we do. Yeah. The lights. Oh, the lightings. Yes. We do light up downtown Florence pretty well. We have a good lighting crew. Um, they spend a lot of time. They spend about three months getting the lights ready, putting the lights up, and then, of course, taking them down. But yeah. it's a great thing. It's a great thing for the community. It's just, it's so pretty when you're driving down. And tell me how old all of those lights are, because some of them, I feel like I remember from when I was younger, and then I've been seeing more and more new ones. Some of them are, lately. I want to say 50 years old. And then there's new ones that have just started to appear the last couple years. Some of the angels and the shooting stars, those are new this year. So we try to add on with every donation that we get or drive that we do, we buy some more LEDs. So it's a little bit more cost effective for the businesses in the city. And so the FCBA is a nonprofit. Correct. Correct. And so the funds come in from community donations? Community donations and different events that we do where we make chicken barbecue, for instance. We sell tickets. And then whatever funds are left over, we do put those into the kitty for the music on the porch and the lighting committee. That's great. Yeah. 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 We all work together on that one. That's a good community fundraiser. The money really just comes from the community for that. Yeah. And it's hard, right? It's hard to fundraise right now and it's hard to get people to sign up. But being Mm -hmm. a part of the FCBA, you can be a business member. Mm -hmm. Correct. Or you can be an individual or family member, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's open to everyone. Meetings are open to everyone. You know, we all just get together and collaborate and see what best way we can fundraise. Um, We do... Everyone has dues that they have to pay, so some of that is used for it, too. Yeah. And this wonderful. year, for instance, we're adding solar, so that'll help us in the long run, cutting down on the bills. Solar to the, the Civic, Civic Center. Center? Yeah. Nice. On yeah. top of it? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Won't be you know obstructing any, any of the sidewalks or anything like that. It'll just yeah. be on top of the roof. That's great. Yeah. That's so exciting. Right? Yeah. Woo-hoo. Downtown, yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like little, I feel like Florence is the little engine that could, you know, right. it's always sort We're of growing in the up. shadow We're getting out of, of Northampton you know, a little bit. Hood. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, so what is in store for the diner? Like, what are you seeing? I know that you added the pavilion, mm-hmm. um, you know, are there any new things coming up for this year? Are you trying to focus on anything? We're going to be bringing dinners back. We used to, pre-pandemic, we did Thursday, Friday, Saturday dinners just until eight was a great family environment. And we're going to bring that back when I'm hoping for the end of summer. All right. Yeah. That'll be big. Yeah, that's it. It was a big thing and we were getting really good at it. And then pandemic happened. Yeah. Staffing became an issue. Staffing is kind of coming back to normal now. So we have that, those extra hands. So I think we'll be able to pull it off. Yeah, I feel like dinner is one of those missing pieces mm-hmm. in Florence. You we know, don't you have, have a lot, lot of yeah. options for breakfast or mm-hmm. lunch, but dinner is kind of like pizza, pizza, <laughs> pizza, pizza, a grinder. <laughs> but I think we're going to we're going to shoot for that end of the summer. I think that'll be a good thing for us to get back into that. Yeah, that'll yeah. be good. And we do Sunday brunches now with jazz, which is fun. That'll be starting Memorial Day weekend. Okay. 
Nice. So that is, that's all I got hidden in my pockets yeah, right now. No, that's that's plenty. I mm-hmm. mean, I know that being open seven days a week is just a lot. So It can be. Yeah. It can be. And then, you know, you're added activities outside. So I also work on the Family Fourth Committee, which are the fireworks, our Fourth of July fireworks. So that's another one that's getting ready to really start ramping up for this year's fireworks. And those are at Look Park. They are at Look Park. and End of June. End of June. I believe it's the 23rd. That last weekend in June, I don't have a calendar. So, yeah, it's the end of June. Yeah, stay tuned. That's good. Yeah, and and so are are these committees that you're on? Are they small? There are a lot of people. Are they all people from Florence? Like, how would someone get involved? The Flor the FCBA is mostly Florence people. I think we have one business member that is from Northampton. Otherwise, they're Florence and Family Fourth. I believe everyone is Northampton and Florence. Okay. You know, and Great. those things just reach out. If yeah. you have a question, you can reach out to the diner, the Facebook page, FCBA's page. I'm happy to direct you. If you want to volunteer, come on. <laughs> yeah. Come well, on. I feel like half of it is asking, right? right? I mean, so many people don't get asked to volunteer. And so they're mm-hmm. like, oh, they're all set. They don't need right, me. Right. They're good. Right. And so everyone, but, this is your, this is your. Come out and volunteer. Come on and volunteer. We do have cleanup days twice a year. You can come out and help sweep the streets. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. In Florence? Mm -hmm. We do the trash pickup in the spring. Yeah, and then again in the fall. So I'm on the the downtown Northampton board um, with Amy K. Elaine. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about when are we going to do this for spring to have a cleanup and... It's going to be an early spring, I feel like, so start planning it now. Well, I hope so. I hope it's an early spring. It should be. I'm I'm not a big winter person. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm I'm like, okay, let's move on. Yep. I need some nice weather. Let's keep it going. Um, So earlier we were talking about our favorite things at the diner, and my favorite thing is the banana bread French toast. Mm -hmm. What are some like all-star performers at the diner, either that you've had for 80 years that you'll never take off the menu or new ones that people are really just... The hash, the corned beef hash and eggs. That's probably the best seller that we have. It's it's house-made. You know, it's not canned. And um, people love it. They'll We sell so much of it. I <laughs> can't believe it. Like, we have an Irish Benedict, which is the hash with the poached egg and the hollandaise. Really good. The hash and eggs is another one that just... You can't keep it in. I mean, we probably make it four times a week. That's, that's a lot. That's 100 pounds of corned beef. That's Each time we make it. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so when are you cooking the f- food like this? Like, because I know you do pies. You do mm-hmm. amazing pies. Specialties like corned beef, things yeah. like that. You know, so are you making them when you're open? Are you coming in at three to make food? I like, don't come in early. Yeah. I, <laughs> I am not an early person, which is funny because I bought a diner. Um, I tend to do a lot of my prep. I spend half of my day doing prep, which is making soup, making the hash, making pies, making cookies, you know, whatever it is that's on my list. And then I do have a couple of really good cooks that spend half of their day doing either line work, which is making your breakfast or lunch, or they're doing prep as well. Okay. Yeah, so it's every day, all day. And so you're actually making the food. Yeah. You're that are, You're that person. I didn't know. I, I, I don't know. People That's say like, that to me, and I'm like, what, I'm do like, I just sit in the office well, all day? I don't know. I, don't, I would I not don't know, know how to do that. I'm a busybody. Yeah. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't even think about you actually being the one to like make all that yeah. food. Yeah. I cook a couple days on the line and I wait tables. You know, and you have to be 
I could never be a hands-off owner of anything that I ever did. Like, it's my name, it's everything that I do, it's everything that I've invested my time and money into. I want it to go my way. And so when you purchased the diner, were you a cook? Were you know, like, do you like to cook? Is that something that... I like to cook. Do I like to cook all day, every day? No, no. I mean, like to balance the things that I do. Like I like to make soup, I like to make pie. So that's part of it. Yeah, good. Um, so what's your favorite pie at the diner? Blueberry. Yeah. I'm a blueberry with vanilla ice cream. Chocolate Classic. cream. Yeah, the chocolate cream's good too. Um, coconut cream is That's my yours. favorite pie. What's the best seller? Chocolate cream. Mm. Yeah. By far, chocolate cream. There's nothing like a diner pie either. Like a cup Goes of black really coffee great. and some diner pie. Can't go yeah. wrong. All right. Um, you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. We have to take another break, but Georgie uh, Brunton from Miss Flo's Diner and I will be with you when you come back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and my guest today is Georgie Brunton from Miss Flo's Diner in Florence, Massachusetts. Hello. So there are some diners in town. Yours is one of them. Mm -hmm. Is there a diners association? Oh, heck yes, yeah. there is. Are you are you a member of it? There's actually a couple. So there's the uh, Massachusetts Restaurants Association, and they have divisions of restaurants. There's different associations throughout the United States that kind of keep track of an official diner. So it can't be a breakfast spot. It has to be a diner. And that means what? Like, what does it mean to be a diner? It's a classic style of... The building that you're in so for instance i'm a worcester train car the other diner in town is also a worcester train car she's just a little bit newer older younger younger right that's the remodeled that one has been remodeled we have not remodeled we've added on two and that was done i want to say 30 years ago so it has to be that original style like it's a luncheonette counter-based breakfast and lunch. So that's what it is. Got it. So the diner actually appears in 28 publications, which if you ever come to the diner, I'll let you see all the books that I have that she's in. And people love to send me the books, which is great. So then I I keep them. Do you keep them in your office? I keep them in my office at the diner and in my office at home. Yeah. And is your office in the diner? Is it in the It's like the, the old phone caboose? booth. Yeah, it's the old phone booth. If you ever have gone to the diner back in the day, it used to be one of those walk-in phone booths. Now it's my office. So can't really fit in there that well, but there's a desk like in there. people or you? Maybe <laughs> I don't fit in there that well because I have a chair and like I have boxes of like my paperwork, but it's small. Is but the phone booth still there? You can see the outline where they never painted over where they took the phone, the actual phone off the wall. Cool. So it used to be a swinging door, I guess, yeah. back in the day. So the door's still there and the outprint of the Yeah, I remember it vaguely in my in my mind. Yeah. yeah. It was a big phone booth, but 
very small office. So to be a classic diner, do you also need to have the jukebox? That adds on to it. We've had the original jukeboxes since they went in. Now it's a master jukebox that is down or CD player that's in the basement. So each of the jukeboxes play the same song that's been selected. So you can all pick different songs, but it'll take its turn by playing them all. Uh-huh. Yeah. So technology did info catch up. To yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. I cuz the last time the kids and I went, I was like, mm, I'm not sure which song we'll play next and they're like, "Mom, that wasn't the song that we wanted." And I was like, "Well, it goes through, yeah, so it has its little thing that it does. I don't know how." So cool. Yeah, and they put like the chipmunks on there. Mm-hmm. We had one customer that decided to put a few dollars worth of quarters in and we heard the chipmunks for hours. Stop it. Uh, no joke. Is there a way to unplug that? No. Uh, no. Uh, it was. It was also l- good diner information. <laughs> it was a long day. Yeah. To, yeah. I had a friend who did that with what's new Pussycat. Yeah. See, it's same oh. thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And by the too. end of the day, the girls were like, <laughs> you know, they just couldn't. They couldn't. Yeah. Um. So. Speaking of diner associations and recognitions and memberships, mm-hmm. um, you told me something interesting when we first sat down together that I did not know. There was a Miss Flo's Day. Correct. Talk a little bit more about this because I, I love this. I had no idea. So on our 80th birthday, Mayor Narkowitz, who was the mayor at the time, decided to name September 25th as Miss Florence Diner Day. So now we have our own day. Because we turned 80 and we made it continuous. Like the diner's been in operation continuously. So we did it. And now I'm like, (laughs) woohoo. And so September 25th. Correct. Is that the day that Miss Flows came into existence? It's the day that they had started working on licensing. So the diner actually was across the street from where it is now. And then they moved the diner to where it sits now on October 26th. Couldn't be messing up. Could be October 24th. So that's kind of where the dates go. So you have the September date and then you have the October date. So yeah. funny. I, f- I don't know if they did this other places, but I feel like Florence specifically, they just moved things all the time. Just picked up buildings. Like they would just move yeah. them. Yeah. Like willy nilly. Like right. we just want to like move this across the street or we want to move this down right. the street or it's just the most bizarre That's thing. what they do in Florence. Do you know what the reasoning behind the I do decision not. was? I do not. I've been kind of researching and I some of my older... Um, folks that come into the diner have more knowledge about it, like the real story other than what's reported. And so they'll give me bits and pieces that there was supposed to be a gas station there. You know, it's like some things like that. And then was the needed to be closer to the hotel, which is down around the corner where the community classroom is. I think that used to be a hotel. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's know. so funny to to see all those changes. And the Florence Civic and Business Association has a lot of that they documentation, do. right? They do. We do have um, someone that does all of the archiving of the photos and the history. So if you ever need some information about Florence, we have one guy that we ask. And it's really <laughs> funny. Did you sent me that I email. I swear, the universe today, mm-hmm. this gentleman sent me an email this morning saying, I know you're connected with the FCBA, which I am not connected with the FCBA, so I have no idea how he found that out. But he was asking about what was sewing, machines. sewing machines. And he said, I need to find out about sewing machines. And mm-hmm. so sure enough, I 
I yeah. forwarded the email to Georgie and to Steve Strymer, who's a really influential member of the Florence community as well. Um, one of the founders of Collective Copies in the David Ruggles Center. Yeah. And so I figured between the two of you, you could solve all of the world's problems around sewing machines. In what Florence. did he need to know about sewing machines? He, it was something about the metal that was used on the plates. Yep. Perhaps. I th- yeah. Yeah. And I went. Yeah. He sure, seemed retired and seemed to be a man of leisure. I loved that. So I do want to change my email signature <laughs> to a woman of leisure. That was his actual email signature. It was, I it was great. He was retired. It and was had great. Some time on his hands. And this is what people do. They want to research things and track things down. And and those are the people that I like to talk to because they have the best stories and the best history. And then all you have to do is kind of find the actual date and then it becomes actual diner history. I bet you get a lot of those people at the diner that just want to talk. I do every day. Yeah. Every day. I remember when my parents got engaged at that booth right there and they'll point out a booth or that they danced or they had their first kiss. Some of those stories, they, they really touch my heart because that's what a diner is. When you think about it, one that's been around for 81 years, so many things have happened in people's lives that they associate with sitting at that booth or sitting at the counter breakups, first love, they're having a baby. We had one of those the other day. The wife told the husband that she was expecting and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. You know, and then we get to see the baby when the baby's born. You know, it's those are just great things that to me make it all worth it. So do you get a lot of customers that come in and sort of park it or does do the seats turn around? During the week it's different. So our older folks generally take over the diner you know, early morning until mid-morning, and they have their coffee and they chat, and it becomes a social scene for them. Think about it. A lot of them are single at this stage, or they don't have a lot of friends, and so they come in, and this becomes their their kind of home base, like their, their posse, if you will. You know, they all have coffee together, and they talk politics, which is always no fun. Sports is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially in election year. Never a good idea at the <laughs> diner. We had to put a moratorium in. No more... <laughs> Politics. We do. We do. They get really heated. But it's one of those things. And so are there TVs at the diner? No TVs. No TVs. We stick to just the newspaper. Yeah. And that causes enough trouble some days. Yeah. 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 That's that's calm. Um, Well, Georgie, this has been really lovely. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and talking about you and your business. Thank you. We love Miss Flo, so thank you for being in town. Thank you so much for all that you do for the community and for Big Brothers Big Sisters as well. We'll take volunteers. Yeah. Um, And I want to say thank you so much to Business West and George O'Brien. They're a sponsor of the show. Um, Really great news all up and down the valley. Thank you for your radio show and for your publications. You're the best. I love your events. And also to Greenfield Savings Bank, who is my employer, who supports me in so many ways, um, doing my work in the community on behalf of the bank and on behalf of everyone else. Ten branches throughout Franklin and Hampshire County. Tom Mashako, our new CEO, is wonderful. Thank you so much. This is Tara Brewster on the Western Mass Business Show. Georgie Brunton from Miss Flows. Thank you. Thank you to all the listeners. Talk to you soon. Bye. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.